This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We are already talking about Eagles training camp. Hi, everybody. Once again, I'm Derek Gunn. Welcome to the latest edition of Gunn on One, the podcast. It is powered by Patterson Square Garden. Can't believe summer's almost halfway over, but such is the case. And, of course, uh, your Philadelphia Eagles, a lot of questions surrounding this team. So I'd like to bring in a guy who, who doesn't pull punches, who tells it like it is. And I expect big things out of him in 2021. Three-time Pro Bowler plus a first-team All-Pro. One of my favorites, all-time favorites on the Eagles, Lane Johnson. What's up, big man? What's going on, man? We're getting uh, getting ready for camp to start here in about a less than a week. We start 27th, so next Tuesday. Look, man, the last time I talked to you, you were rehabbing uh, an injury that cost you the latter part of 2020. Where are you right now health-wise, and are you ready to go full bore, no limitations in training camp? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Um, OTAs was still kind of like a rehab, um, I guess, aspect for me. I was still uh, participating in full, but really um, I'm looking forward to camp, just getting back to playing football. And then I think once I get to doing that and playing football again, I think the confidence will come (laughs) as far as the ankle injury. Um, But, yeah, man, it was tough uh, going through that last year. <clears throat> really limited, uh, limited me, uh, my, my abilities, I guess, run blocking, uh, pass blocking, getting off the ball like I wanted to. But that's, that's how it is sometimes. A lot of guys bounce back, and, and I'm ready to this year. So as, as you've gotten older, has it been a little bit more difficult to bounce back uh, from injuries? And, and I bring up the term older because I'm going to bring it up again a little bit later on pertaining to something else. But, di- but did you find that mentally and physically it, it's a little bit tougher to bounce back from stuff like that? Uh, I mean, I really had never had a serious injury like this, but when you have a tightrope surgery and you have a deltoid, I mean, you pretty much have a complete ankle repair. So uh, before that, I mean, it's been nagging me for a couple of years, so it was something that I needed to get fixed. But, I mean, I'm ready to uh, come out like a rocket, man, if I'm being honest. Uh, I feel cooped up. I feel I feel ready to roll, you know, same way with, with Brandon Brooks. And yeah. 
and reestablish ourselves as, as the best in the game, you know, as far as, as the right side. So that's my goal, and I think that's, that's his goal too. What did the procedure entail? I mean, did they put a pin in there or anything like that? Yeah, so what happened, I, I did a tightrope procedure three weeks before the season or two and a half weeks before the season last year. I played through it and ended up breaking through it after a couple of games in. I didn't wow. know it. I kept playing through it, and only scar tissue was holding it together. And and if I would have did what I did at the end of the season, I would have missed the whole year. So I tried playing through it. I couldn't. I needed a deltoid repair, which is the inside part of your ankle. So really, um, it was terrible. If I'm being honest with you, it was uh, it, it was it was a bad situation to be in. But uh, one of those one of those things that uh, all you can do is is go through it, and, and when you get on the other side, you can kind of appreciate it. I guess when you are healthy. So. Um, you know, the way I look at it, whenever I came in the league, I had a, a tackle. You know, Jason Peters went through a couple of Achilles um, yep. repairs. So, I mean, there's been guys that, that have had much worse and have bounced back. So, uh, and I got inspiration from, from guys like that. Does it take longer to bounce back from an injury like that when you're a guy who's 6'5", 6'6", 320 pounds compared to like a wide receiver, 5'10", uh, 200 pounds or 190 pounds? Yeah, I think it's. I think a lot of it's psychological too. I th- that's what I'm saying. I'm ready just to get back into camp and playing okay. football. I think um, you know you can come back from these injuries, and until you're out there, you know, doing what you're doing, playing football, that you can really have the confidence to say, okay, it, it's ready. Uh, I don't have to worry about it anymore. So that's where I'm at. I feel fine. Uh, working out has, has been great, but just ready to um, get camp underway, and, and then I think that's when the confidence will, will return. You know, for as long as I've covered the game, you always hear stories about how sometimes players aren't quite honest with trainers and doctors because they want to get out there sooner than they should be out there. But then you get the other side where players get to a certain status or a certain age, and it's like, look, I'm not rushing anything right now. You know, I want to make sure I can get through entire 16 games or, in this case, 17 games a season. Um, so, so did you pass that plateau of where – you want to be out there sooner than you should be compared to, look, I want to make sure everything is perfect before I get back out on that field. Uh, last year, I, I, I wasn't really concerned with my body. I was, I was just trying yep. to be out there and be ready to play and, and be there for my team. You know, you, um, when you're in these situations, it's, 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 t- it's tough to tell your, your coach and your teammates you can't go. So, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not the first guy to play through an injury or, or have to go through something like this, and I won't be the last, but uh, – I'm just glad I'm on the other side where I've had a, a full offseason to rehab and, and get back to, to where I need to be. So um, it'll, it'll be a lot lot better this year. Well, personally, I'm glad you're back, man, because they're going to need you to anchor that right side. And when you look at when you look at this offseason for this team, it's been like a daytime soap opera, man. Uh, yeah. New head coach, uh, a new quarterback. Who is your left tackle? Can the young wide receivers mature in time to, to be legit in 2021? What's the defense going to be like? Who's going to play opposite Darius yeah. Slay? Have you ever gone into – I can't remember, but can you remember going into a training camp with so much – Rumors swirling, uh, controversy, uncertainty surrounding this team. Man, I don't know. Maybe my first year in the league, we're having a new coach with Chip, you know, coming from uh, an offense, uh, you know, in Oregon, having that type of style and how it's going to translate to the NFL. That'd be maybe my only comparison. But other okay. than that, I mean, yeah, I, mean, we're, I think we'll answer a lot of questions soon. Uh, you know, that's the only way you can do it is, is playing through games and showing what you can do. But, you know, we had a great offseason. Um, uh, a lot of teams didn't have OTAs. We did. Uh, and got some time in, and I think that's valuable, just getting a new offense in. Uh, so when you get in a training camp, you 
you, you have a little bit of experience and so you can kind of hit the ground running rather than trying to uh, learn everything on the fly. So uh, I can appreciate that. All right. I come to you for your honesty and I have to ask you, give me the lowdown on Jalen Hurts, what he's been like, what has surprised you about him, or because you got to, you, to, to watch and play a little sample with him in 2020, what do you continue to expect from him? Yeah, man, Jalen's a worker. He, uh, <clears throat> you know, he doesn't say a whole lot, but he, he, he does, he does uh, work a whole lot and uh, does a lot of stuff behind the scenes, you know, the 707 with the receivers, you know, going out to dinner or something with the old line, just different stuff like that. But uh, what intrigues me about him, man, is just how competitive he is, how hard he works. Uh, he's a beast in the weight room. You see how, what kind of strength he has. Uh, he's, he's a phenomenal athlete. And I think, uh, you know, with how he handled everything in, in college, uh, you know, going from Alabama, which is about as media frenzy as it can get, to yeah. Oklahoma, and how he handled that situation, I, I think he's he's ready for a prime season. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, I can tell you a whole lot more here in the next few months, what we're going sure, to do. Sure. Hey, we're kind of like everybody, you know, we're, we're going into the season, have a lot of questions to answer and really can't do it uh, by talking about it. We got to go show what we can do. All right. So as a veteran, when you step in a huddle with a young uh, quarterback like that, and you play with a lot of quarterbacks, um, what does a young quarterback have to do consistently to gain the trust uh, of everybody he's in that huddle with? I don't know. I think a couple of touchdown throws, maybe a couple of touchdowns. <laughs> hey, everything else kind of settles itself. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, going into OTAs, I mean, there was questions, but I thought he, he handled it well. He takes great command of the, of the huddle and uh, commands respect. So, yeah, man, he, he's a he's a phenomenal athlete, what he can do with his legs and, and, and the throws he can make. Um, you know, we only had small size, what, four or five games last year. And, right. you know, it's tough to evaluate. So, like I said, man, we'll 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 know a lot uh, moving forward, but but he's he's definitely impressive. You know, uh, you, a lot of people want to talk about all the different things about this team, but for me, I think one of the keys is the health of the offensive line. You know, they had thirteen different combinations in like a span of fourteen weeks last year. Um, so you and Brandon Brooks are both coming off injuries. Uh, when you look at that, would you agree or disagree that the the offensive line could be uh, the key factor to the success of this team in 2021. Yeah, most definitely. I think if we stay healthy, I think we'll we'll be uh, a top line in the league. Um, you know, and that goes across the NFL. I mean, if you're if you're competing in the Super Bowl, if you're if you're going to the playoffs, most of the time you, your old line and D line is is money. So I still feel like a lot of games are won and lost are in the trenches. So um, you know, we, we know what's being said about us. We we know what we have to get done moving forward. And, man, just taking it day by day. I, I know as uh, far as motiv motivation, um, you know, I look to guys like Brooks and Kelsey, Isaac, um, some of the younger guys. You know, I, I go look at my guys that, that put in work with me every day, and those guys push me and, and, and make me who I am. And, and hopefully I, I continue to push them too. Who's the left tackle, man? That's a huge question. Dillard or yeah, Malata? Both, <laughs> both of them are, are freak athletes. So, I mean, both of them had impressive OTAs, but it's tough to tell when you have limited contact. There's only so much you can do. Uh, a lot of it's on the air, but far as on the hoof, man, both these guys are, are freak athletes, um, super impressive to watch and be around. So, like I said, man, a lot, a lot of these questions you're asking uh, right, will be right. answered soon. So. I know I'm, I'm ready to, to see what happens as far as that's concerned. It'll, it'll be a good battle. 
Have you taken those guys under your wing in terms of helping them the way Jason Peters helped you during your career? Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, with any questions they may have, I give them my advice, what I'm thinking. And, you know, that's exactly how JP was uh, whenever I was playing. If I ever needed anything, he was there. Uh, if there was anything to, to help me in my game, uh, he would do. And, uh, yeah, man, that's, that's what I'm there for. And that's what a lot of the, the older the, the vets are, are there for, man. It's like another, it's like another coach for, uh, for the younger players. Um, sometimes what a, what a coach can't convey or get done, maybe a player, you know, through experience can, can teach it um, maybe a little bit better, a little bit differently. So, um, you know, that's why they keep the veterans around a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, it's well documented. You and Brandon Brooks are, are very close friends. Uh, you both, as I said off the top of this podcast, coming off major injuries. Um, did you spend a lot of time with him during the offseason? Um, and if so, how did you guys push each other? A little bit. I mean, he was he was rehabbing. I was rehabbing really back home in Oklahoma. So didn't really get to see him a whole lot. But um, got, to, got to spend some time with him at, with, with, uh, at O-Line Masterminds. But really, man, it, it, I could go without talking to him for six months. And I already know how he's feeling, how he's yeah. thinking. Um He's ready to bounce back, and and like I said, man, he's he's hearing the chirping. You know, uh, both of us are in our thirties, they're past their prime, and I think, you, I mean, you need that motivation. And last time they doubted him, you saw what happened. He was the best guard yep. in football off an Achilles injury. So, um, you keep poking the bear, you may get a little bit of reaction. So I think, <laughs> that, but moving forward, I mean, we, we know where we're at, and uh, I know we're hungry and and ready to go to go to battle. When when healthy. Do you still regard you and Brooks as the best right guard, right tackle tandem in the NFL? Man, I think when you watch us uh, in pass protection and then you watch us in the run game, I think yep. you go back and watch the film, you can make the comparisons. But as far as athletic ability, size, uh, what have you, I think we, we check a lot of boxes when we're healthy. So that's the main thing, man, staying healthy. And, and like I said, this, this training camp will be a big confidence booster for both of us. And then moving forward, man, uh, start stacking those games up, and that's when the confidence yeah. starts start stacking them games up, start putting that good stuff on film, and, and then take off from there. All right. Uh, the the million-dollar question, and, and rightfully so, uh, when I talked to you back uh, early in the offseason on Gun on One, uh, you really hadn't had a chance to spend a lot of time with your new head coach, Nick Sirianni. Uh, mm -hmm. You've had a chance now to go through OTAs and mini camps with him. You're getting ready to go through a training camp. Can you give me a further evaluation of your new head coach in terms of how different this offense is going to be and his approach uh, to, to head coaching, something he has never done before? Yeah, well, I think, you know, the main thing he, he, he stated when he first came in was competition. So there, every day there's something we're doing, either on the field um, or in the classroom. And, uh, you know, even after practice, you'll put uh, veterans on tape or something you're not doing right to, to correct yourself and, to you know, to – correct the younger players. So uh, compete, competition, that's something, you know, even the coaches jumped in, you know, as we were finishing OTAs, the coaches got in a little bit of that too. So really everybody across the board, but um, I, li I like how he carries himself. I like how he, how he conducts himself, carries the team. And as far as the offense is concerned, there's, you know, there's only so much you can do in football. A lot of, a lot of stuff crosses over. I would say maybe a little bit more emphasis on, on the, on the uh, screen game. Mm -hmm. and, Maybe the run game, so maybe a little bit more balanced, I guess, moving forward. But but who knows? Like I said, I'll 
I, I can tell you a whole lot more in the next mm -hmm. few months. You know, whenever you have a new head coach, especially a guy who's never been a head coach in the National Football League, there's always going to be questions. But in this case, you know, the rumor mill is already swirling. Recently, a former fullback and analyst Michael Robinson came out with a statement that he knows some guys on the Eagles uh, who have questions about Nick Sirianni uh, leading this team. And then you shot back on Twitter, on your Twitter account, and I want to quote it exactly. You said, quote, Say the names then. Enough with this BS hiding. Hashtag fake news. Is that something that you have to continuously guard against in this locker room, especially when you're with a bunch of young guys, a new head coach, new coaching staff? Do you guys, as the older guys in the locker room, the police, so to speak, have to constantly guard against this stuff? It's not even that. I just don't know what benefit. If you're, if you're a Philadelphia Eagle and you go to the media and you say something like that, what's the benefit or what, what are you trying to do? What are you trying right. to accomplish? Right. And if you are saying something like that, I think your name should be said um, because I think you're undermining the team, you're undermining yourself, and you're undermining the coach. I mean, he's only we've, we've all been here only a few short months as far as, um, you know, being around each other and, and conducting ourselves around each other. So I just don't – I don't know – why you would say something like that. And then if you did, then then put your name out there with it so you can speak for yourself. You look at the leadership on this team, guys like you, Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox. Um, do you have to become even more leaders now? We always talked about in the past how you guys were leaders in a locker room, but even more so now because you got a kitty brigade basically following you now in this locker room. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the first, not the last. I mean, I remember when I was first drafted and that was, that, you know, the Todd. That's the right. Todd world, the Evan Mathis's, the Jason Peters were the guys that were that were running the daycare center, you know, for all the young guys. So <laughs> I just, I just kind of watched how they handled themselves. And, you know, a lot of it was, was how they practiced. You know, a lot of it, you can't really, can't, you can say all you want, but it's really about how you conduct yourself in practice, yep. how you meetings, how you approach the games. And, uh, you know, I guess how you carry yourself as a professional. So, uh, with me, uh, you know, the, the older guys, um, I just try to set an, an example like, a, like, you know, I learned whenever I was first coming in the league and sure. and just try to try to work hard, man, and, and push other guys to work hard, too. Is it weird going to training camp and a Jason Peters is not there? Yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> you know, I've been with him my whole career, and, you know, Whenever I came in, I was supposed to replace him. You know, he, he's getting on, on up there. What was he, 31 when I got drafted? Yep. And, uh, you know, I, he doesn't have much left in the tank. And, hey, here he is, Not you know, just going on my ninth year. So nine years later, still hanging around. I'm not sure where he's going to be or, or what he's going to do. or. But I imagine, um, you know, injuries pop up. He, he could uh, be somewhere very quick. But, yeah, man, just, uh, you know, I still talk to him uh, on the phone, texting him. So, even when he's not there, he's, he's still, you know, a phone call away. 31 years old now, man. That's, that's still young by average man standards, but it's considered getting up there in NFL standards. Are you starting to feel old? Yeah, man, I'm starting to look old. I got a little bit of wrinkle. <laughs> Caps, D-Gun. Uh, man, I, I, draw, I, I get inspiration from guys like uh, Andrew Whitworth. You know, he's 40. I don't know if I want to play that long, but right. – my, my goal is, man, is to, you know, I just signed this new contract. I want to play four years. I want to try to be the best tackle in football the next four years and, uh, man, and, and go out with a bang. So whatever happens, happens. You know, it's, it's you know, they have this this phrase, money talks. So a lot of people say stuff until they get money thrown in their face. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is this year 
um, you know, we got a lot to prove, and I got a lot to prove, and, and that's really it. Will you call it quits after this contract, or, or, or is it uh, yet to be determined? You know, I think it's yet to be determined, but, you know, for me, it would be tough for me to see if, you know, injuries stack up and you're not playing to the the, the caliber of football that you're used to putting on tape. You know, I say football is an art form, and if you're not producing that art, you know, how you play, right, I'd, right. Rather, I'd rather go out in style than wither away. So, um, you know, I'll leave it at that. But it's tough, man, whenever you've devoted your whole life and career to a game. And, you know, we talk about the game, but it's really about the guys in the locker room. That's what everybody misses is being around the team, being around the guys. Um, and that goes for guys in whatever work profession they're in. You know, when they retire, do something different. That's who you miss is the guys you spend the most time with. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm just right now, man, I'm taking a day at a time. That's where I'm at. Have you started to make preparations for life after football? I mean, do you have in mind – I know you're still three or four years away, but do you have in mind of what you want to do when you when you call it a career? Man, I, I think a big deal would be just spending time with my family. You know, this, this game requires yeah. a lot of sacrifice. A lot of times you're away from your family or, you know, on the road playing. So, you know, I like to, to be around them a lot. Um, but then again, you know, there's times where I thought about maybe doing the the wrestling thing. I, I know some guys in, in that in that area. Maybe Are you still a, thinking about that? Yeah, it's a, it's a thought. It's nothing to take to take serious. But I thought about it. But in reality, if I wanted to do anything, it would be to help help younger players. So I don't know if it'd be in a, a coaching role or. Um, but but I think it'd be hard for me, you know, devoting my whole life to this game and to. Uh, to not be a part of it moving forward, even when I'm, when I'm done playing. So we'll see, but it, it's going to be one of those three. So, Hey, I, I may just retire in this bass for about 10 years. That's, that's another one of my past. There you go. Hey, well, you know what? Give me a call. I'd like to go up against yeah. you. See how good you are. Yeah. I'm not that good, but I love going. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, when I talk to former players and I've talked about this on a number of podcasts before a lot of current foreign players, they say, I don't want to coach in today's NFL because Man, these kids, you can't coach these kids. When we came up, we were coached as a group. You got yelled at, you know, you got you got praised all in one breath. Now you have to coach these guys individually because a lot of them are so sensitive nowadays. So you got to coach 53, 63 individuals instead of one collective group. But you still have this aspiration to, to make that transition possibly to coaching yeah, in the NFL? I mean, I think with everything, everything's about overcoming and adapting. I mean, it's a new day and age. It's, uh, you know, kids are different. You know, people are raised different. But when you look in the past, man, you know, you look at guys like Phil Jackson, he, he coached guys a little bit differently. He may have coached Scottie Pippen a little bit differently than, than what he coached Dennis Rodman. You know, Dennis Rodman, right. he can't put a saddle on a Mustang. So he had, his, he had his own approach with different guys. And I think, you know, even with Stout, I mean, how, how he coaches guys, um, you know, he does – Every guy has their own, um, I guess, area or, or something that makes them tick, something that makes them, yeah. uh, you know, get the best out of you. And that's and that's what they find. You know, the great coaches, they, they find a way. So, yeah, um, I just look at all the great guys and try to get something from them or learn, learn the most that I can. Hey, um, I saw recently that you had a lot of high praise for first-round pick um, Devonta Smith. What have you seen from him already? I mean, this guy's like wiry thin, but what have you seen from him in terms of you especially uh, extending praise so early in his career, really before his career is kicked off? I, I don't know. I just I go to the huddle, man, and I've seen – I've been around a lot of great players, and uh, 
I see how he runs his routes. I see how he catches that ball. And I see how he uh, conducts himself in the building. So, um, you know, I'll just – I don't know. It's something like when I first walked in the huddle and I saw Deshaun Jackson, I was like, well, I know he's good. Yeah, um, yeah. Not in that realm yet, but um, not to put pressure on him. But, hey, man, uh, sometimes you just go out there and you, you can see things. So, um, like I said, man, we'll, we'll all know in a few months. But right. from what I've, I've been impressed, so. Can you put some meat on his bones, please? Hey, Deshaun Jackson weighed about 150, 160. <laughs> hey. Hey, he uh he ran off a lot of a lot of uh a lot of guys over his career. So but yeah, man, we gotta hey, that's how guys come in, man. The guys uh, you know, are young college kids. Yeah, you know, do a pro a, a professional program and that, that weight'll come, but I think uh all I'm worried about is him is catching catching the ball. I think that weight can come later. Hey, does it bother you? Does it get under your skin with so many um, national uh, media types and even Eagles fans expecting the Eagles to go into 2021 and come out with a losing record and not a winning record? I don't know. I think you look at the past, man. What did, what did we do last year? We were 4-11-1. and 11 and 1. So, hey, it is what it is. So, if I was the media and I'm an outsider looking in and don't know, a whole, uh, you know, you only know as much as you know, I wouldn't, you know, put us in the, you know, I guess the Super Bowl, we're going to win a Super Bowl championship, but that's, right. but we've been there before. And, you know, really uh, moving forward, man, I think eliminating as much as we can as far as distractions, whatever the media is saying, and just concentrate on what you can do. That's, you know, at the end of the day, when you put all your concentration into what you're doing and trying to be the best you can, I, you know, I think that puts you in the best position to win. So we, we all know where we're at and, and what we got to do and what we got moving forward. So, uh, to, and we'll use that as fire, as motivation. Um, and, and I think that's what we'll do. Eagle schedule is rated as one of the easiest schedules in the league this year. I don't know where that came from. You come out of the gate against Atlanta then you have the 49ers, then the Cowboys, and then the Chiefs. I think that is a true gauge after those four games. I think we will have a true gauge of what this Eagles team is or is not. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. Uh, <laughs> I think a lot of these uh, algorithms, these computers, uh, you know, it it is what it is. We're in a technology-based world, so it creates a lot of buzz. But I know one thing, the NFL is a little bit different in college. Uh, you you can get smacked by anybody at any time if, uh, if you go in there um, not taking care of business. So it's, you know, it's not like in your college, you're playing East Popcorn State one day and you got Ohio State the next week. It ain't like that. It's, it's uh, East Popcorn State. <laughs> I, got, I got that from Bob Stoops, by the way. That's what he used to say. <laughs> That's what he used to tell us. Hey, did you, um, did you spend a lot of time at that um, offensive lineman symposium this summer? Yeah, man, we, we had a, uh, you know, a, a, a three-day turnout, about 160 guys showed up. So, a lot of wow, a lot of ex-players came, uh, a lot of players that are now in the league, and then a lot of college guys that are, you know, maybe going into the league next year. And uh, it just, you know, keeps getting better and better each year, the turnout. And then the way we're uh, approaching, the, you know, how we're conducting it, um, watching the film and, and having coaches in there. But what I appreciate it. Appreciate about it uh, the most is having the the guys older than me that have been in the league. Like right. we had the guy Ben Grubbs that was a uh, Pro Bowl guy uh, for a long time. So having just older guys, vets coming there, and you know I like hearing how they approach the game. You know, and having those conversations. So and then that was really all I was trying to get get accomplished. And right, and 
better and better each year. So maybe next year will be even better. Did I see that correctly? It's the Lane Johnson offensive lineman symposium. Did I see that correctly? Yeah, but it really came from uh, Duke Manyweather. So he's the guy that, that trains guys year-round, um, mostly NFL guys, but a lot of college guys. Uh, after uh, one of the years, he saw me where I was talking about how we, we needed to get all these groups uh, uh, of linemen together to stop right, these right. teams. So he approached me with it. So I guess I'm a co-founder with, with Duke Manyweather. But Duke Duke is, is probably the heartbeat of the, the whole operation. I just I just try to help out as much as I can. Well, I, I, as I said off the top of this podcast, I can't believe it. We're already talking about training camp. The regular season will be here before you know it. Oh, I said, I said, I can't believe that the that we're talking about training camp already. The regular season is right around the corner. I love my summers, but I also love football season. Um, so you know, it's going to be here soon enough. But my man, more importantly, stay healthy, man. Man, I appreciate you. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, six days out and. Uh, Get ready to answer a lot of questions. So I appreciate you having me. Well, all right. That's going to wrap up this latest edition of Gun I Won the Podcast, powered by Patterson Square Garden. For my man, Lane Johnson, I'm Derek Gunn. Take care, everybody. But more importantly, be a blessing to each and every person you encounter. Until next time, so long. of D-Gun Enterprises in Patterson Square Garden. Elvin Shabazian and Wes Pendleton are the executive producers on behalf of Patterson Square Garden. Lead producer is Derek Gunn. Associate producer is John McNeil. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Elvin Shabazian. Original music by Weatherman. For more information about the podcast, visit gunonone.com. And please, don't forget to subscribe and give us a positive rating if you're feeling the show. Thank you. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.